0: underground studio this is the sipping social podcast my name is mike carl i'm here with my boy and certified bourbon steward garrett turnquist yo we've also got our stellar producer on the mic johnny say what up what up we're here to dive into all aspects of the restaurant industry we truly love what we do and love talking about it we're going to pour sample and review anything you need to know about pour yourself a cocktail and join us on this journey let's Let's go. go Thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, episode 62 of the Sippin' Social podcast over here. Let's go. Johnny's let's ready. Go. Garrett's amped up. Let's go. We got lots of fun things to talk about, lots of fun things to drink. But before we get into it, let's have a little cheers to the podcast. Garrett, what do you got over there?
1: I got Johnny's favorite uh, <laughs> 77 lager.
0: Don't even put it by him. Don't even yeah. put <laughs> it by <him. laughs>
2: Keep Breathe that, it in. Breathe it in. Keep that trust. six feet get away. Six <laughs> feet away. I got, I got a delicious Captain Coke poured by the master himself. Michael Carl, I appreciate First you. First time making
0: one of those drinks, Mike. Second time. Okay.
2: I got a little escalators aren't rides
0: hazy uh, double IPA from uh, Hidden Hands. I Love those that boys. I well, that. You can have a sip of mine.
2: Cheers. Johnny can't have a sip of yours though. Cheers, I boys. Cheers Let's you, have some it's fun. Like
1: I got a cold. And I want to give you a handshake. Bump yeah.
2: elbows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, um, I know we we did those rumplements, uh, you know, before the podcast, like we normally do, right? Yeah. Um, did any of you taste a little something different in that rumplements? No. Okay, you you got a little weirdness going on. Or well, to, I, when I went to the store and I bought it, it was one of those like kind of smelly, you know, like liquor stores that smells like incense and I don't know. Oh yeah, and some
0: strong aromas going
2: strong on. Strong aromas. Yeah, what's up? And it was the last little bottle uh, in that place. Okay.
1: Do you think it, like permeated the glass?
2: I could taste it <laughs> in the <laughs> Rumpelman's pour. <laughs> oh right, well, I don't <laughs> know if that's a thing, but I could definitely <laughs> t- <laughs> taste. What's that, it? What's I that aroma I like?
1: <laughs> patchouli. Patchouli? Yeah. yeah, you got a little patchouli a little in there? Patchouli? Yeah. 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 All right, well, Something.
0: All right, that's unfortunate. Do you want another one, just to, to quality just to make control sure. it? No, or I'm pretty sure it
1: tasted like the store. <laughs> I mean, I'll, if you want to, I will. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I did
0: not see that coming out of left field, Sorry. <laughs> All right, sweet. So for restaurant news, um, I think the first thing we should talk about today is Garrett's like 80th visit to WGN studios and being on TV. Truly, Hollywood G is in our presence.
2: Yeah. So how that? How did that come up? Well, first, well, first of, all, of all, tell
0: us about tell us what we were, what you, what you were doing for those that didn't get to watch the yeah, segment.
1: Yeah. So um, the we should probably just post a segment. We should post a segment. Not just can in we, the can we
0: link that up in our Instagram? Like a um yeah something that we l- could do that or Instagram? like a reel or something. I mean definitely we'll Facebook. Do, we'll yeah. do that.
1: All right. Um, cool. so Law's Whiskey Company. Who we are friends with. We went to Denver. We talked about that before. Uh, I've done a couple other promotional stuff with them, too. Like, I've gotten, like, in magazines and, like, online articles, like, doing cocktails with their product. And they asked me to go on to WGN the same way I did uh, previous time with, like, Escape Grace Gin. Um, so, just, do like, a six-minute, like, highlight of their whiskey and cocktails that I would use in it. Um, and it was... A Shitload of fun, dude. You Wait. look,
0: you looked like a pro up there, yeah. and it was so easy for you. I couldn't Did believe it. Be a, I it was nervous as balls. No way, dude. No, dude, yeah. You, like. you looked like you had done it a million times.
1: So you, when you're standing, so I got bumped to the front, so because like the, the guys who were doing the food after me showed up late, and so I I was supposed to go on at like ten thirty five, and I got put to the ten ten spot. So I'm like on stage the entire like ready to go. In the very beginning so all the cameras are like staring at you there's like four or five of them two of them are like robotic like they like some guys just like controlling them with like a like a like an xbox controller and uh and they all have camera like um digital times on them so you're just literally just staring at it counting, counting down, down, the down the seconds <laughs> oh of like when gosh. you're gonna, and they're like all right well, when we start the show we're going to pan to you for six seconds we are going to do a tease on you and then we're going to go to so you do whatever you want for those six seconds i'm like oh yeah whatever six seconds that's like nothing right what'd you do beat off about like two yeah (laughs) i just was back there just pounding it out the uh after like two seconds i was like i don't know what else to do that got four. i i am a third of the way through my (laughs) tease and i don't know what to do so i i'm sure like a complete complete dork and then uh and then they they the 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 ladies the the host like do their own little thing for like five minutes and then they they don't even break for commercial they just get up and come over and talk to me so the entire time I have to like stand there, and not look like a dork because the so cameras could like be flashing back and forth and
0: So you were set up at that table and right. then they came over I was, and joined you? Yeah,
1: I was there for I was Bad standing ass. at that table for ten minutes before the show even went out, just like staring at the clock. What was
0: the SWAS level?
1: Uh very low. Oh, my nice. hand my hands got a little clammy. Okay. And so I just like took them out of my pockets and just like just like held them out like <laughs> jazz hands. <laughs> just so they wouldn't get all like sla- <laughs> like like weird. Um it was so good. I was when I the very first time I did it, I wasn't even as close as nervous I was that that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like I mumbled over a couple things, and I feel like I you always have like you know regrets of like I wish I talked more about like the people that laws because they're so nice, and I wish I talked a little bit more about AD and like, um some of the other fun products they have out, but like I went straight into cocktails and we just made, I made the host make two cocktails. I
2: think it was fun to watch because it was fun to see your interaction with them and like you like basically making them make the entire cocktail. I don't know if it's like a thing that they do there, but no, they don't. You literally told them to like do everything. Yeah. (laughs) And you were
0: all business about it. And you were like, and here's the double strainer and here's this. And yeah. you just kept handing it to them and they're like, Oh, and we're doing this and then they're shaking it and like they were like into it, dude. Yeah. It I, was awesome.
1: I feel like those like interaction things, like it's one thing for them to like watch you talk about something, and I think that's kinda of, that can be kinda of boring and maybe a lot of people do that on a lot of those shows. Like they have a chef on like and, and you are gonna mix this together, and we're gonna pour it together with the potatoes and now and like I think that it's more interactive and you get some more like interesting sound bites. So
2: do you get to discuss that beforehand with them? Like we're gonna have actually you?
1: Yeah, I told them that they're gonna make the cocktails. Nice. And they go,
2: Okay. Okay, good.
1: Yeah, awesome. And then I probably talked to both of them for a total of like sixty seconds before we went live. Mm. They're doing their own thing.
0: That's cool, man. I bet Kate and I got to we watched it together last night. Um the, you the guys clip
1: like made like a whole a thing of popcorn and sat on the couch and watched it
0: no we'd had several <laughs> drinks I mean it and is then, seven and then, minutes no, long it, so. it was only <laughs> supposed to be six I know so well, we're sitting on the I couch I peek
1: over and the lady's like like waving her hand like get this over <laughs> with <laughs>
0: We sat on the couch and and we'd had a couple of drinks and Kate like must have been going through her Instagram stuff and she's like Garrett was on WGN again and I was like yeah you want to watch the clip she's like absolutely so we just pulled it up like while we were just sitting there having That's a drink awesome. and watching and she loved it so good yeah. is you man you're, you're doing a really good job with this stuff
1: I really appreciate it it was it was it was a, it was a great time and uh, I actually now have the phone numbers of all the guys and girls who work in that studio and so they've been texting me all week like trying to get me to get other um, like brands on for me to come talk about them and make cocktails with them. Oh, there you go. Yeah, oh, a little side yeah. hustle. So baby. next time we go, the three of us are going. Oh,
0: nice. Oh, my God. I, I don't know if we'll so all I'll be on. Just, I just I don't, don't want to be on. But just, my uh, stomach it, just dropped. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be your barber. At, at,
1: at least just be like in the studio. I'll go with you. Yeah.
2: Very
0: cool.
1: And we go check. We go say hi to Tom, and we go like hang out with Jeff Hoover for a little bit.
2: Hell, yeah. Scream cool. pe- I would screen love penis to actually check out the studio. That'd be pretty cool.
1: It's actually pretty neat. It's really old and dungy, but. Like the actual rooms where they do stuff is is like very high tech.
2: Nice. Yeah.
0: Cool. Yeah. Um, I wanted to share a little bit about my trip that I just went on uh, with Kate to Colorado. We went to we go there quite a bit. We've been there a couple of times. We were in western Colorado this time where Grand Junction and Palisade are. Cool, nice. Lots of really cool uh, wineries, uh, peach farms. Um, we stayed on a working peach farm. So the one thing I want to talk about is at Sky Brewing. We've had we've drank mm-hmm. some of their beer. I don't think we've ever reviewed it on the podcast, but we've had it together. You made me try it. Yeah, I brought some back f- before. In this little dinky town of Grand Junction or El P- Palisade, there's about five thousand people in this town. Um, in the downtown area, it literally goes distillery, winery, microbrewery, winery. Like that's like the the whole strip. Yeah. And then there's, like, other things and other bars, right? But this the distillery was this um, Peach Street Distillery, which is owned by Scott Brewing. And we went there twice because the food was really good and the cocktails were really good and their whiskey was good. And it's made – it's all, like, local stuff there, a lot like um, Laws. Okay. So it kind of had that same, like, um, earthy, tea note, like, really uh, terroir of – you know the yeah. land of like what was going on but it was really really tasty and really really cool i i should have brought some stuff back but i uh, i wasn't really focused on that this time um and the last time i brought you guys back koozies. um i don't know if you remember those gifts
1: i do oh yeah it's got a huge yeah. set of knockers on yeah, it yeah it's great
0: <laughs> so i didn't see anything like that to bring, <laughs> to bring back so i apologize but uh mine's all worn out <laughs>
2: <and> <laughs> squishing it <laughs>
0: So it was it was a really good trip, and uh, it's super scenic and amazing, but cool microbreweries and, you know, distilleries, which is what we're all about. So That's cool. Um, <clears throat> yeah. What was the third thing we talked about for the restaurant news that we were going to talk about? Proof. I thought we were going to plug there for the EF. Hmm. No? Wasn't there one more thing? I don't think so. so.
2: Well,
1: uh, there's a coming soon sign on uh, the pizza bar across from Maze? Oh, it's finally happening! Oh, there's, well, there's a sign, like like okay, like the ca- actual like pizza place, though? yeah, like, like not something it's like, different. It's like O'Keefe's or O O'Leafs o- 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 or something, an, uh, a, like an Irish pizza joint. Just like that's just like the name of like, the guy owns it. Maybe I don't know, okay. but it's a, it like pizza pizza bar.
0: That's some restaurant news so, right there.
1: I mean, the the two dumpsters have already been filled and 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 left. So like they're they they've they've I think they're done with demo. Cool. So that's something.
0: All right, talking about demo, um, our company is uh, almost done with some demo over (laughs) proof. The Uh, demo's long over. (laughs) (laughs) We're building. The build-out's almost (laughs) done. I (laughs) saw a guy painting today. No, the build-out's almost done. So the building's going to be handed over to us soon. Garrett and I are on the team to open the place. Uh, We're hoping mid-June, sometime in June at the latest.
1: If it doesn't happen in June, I'll be shocked.
0: Yeah, so it's coming around the corner. Um, The next couple times we record, honestly, the yeef that I put out there, will most likely be what I'm doing for Proof, and we're about to get into the hiring for that, so that's going to make me really busy. But it's an exciting time, and I was looking at the menu again today. Man, it's going to be dope. There's going to be some great effing food in there. I'm glad the EF isn't going to be the tent anymore. Huh? (laughs) (laughs) It's blinded by the light over here.
1: (laughs) No, the EF is going to be like meeting all these new people who you've never seen before like like reintroducing yourself to a whole new set of I, people i can't wait man yeah, i'm great. up for the
0: challenge and i'm ready for the new new yeah. spot i think it's gonna be dope and uh
1: i can't wait to meet someone new and just de- delegate whatever they need totally. off to you. yep
0: yeah. awesome send them my way i got gotcha. you uh are we getting thirsty for some whiskey over here
1: i thought you'd never ask
0: i'm right here. take it away
1: so uh We're gonna do this and lead into the interview, right? Yeah. So uh, we were fortunate enough to have Greg Metz come into town um, a month late, but totally happy that it happened. Uh, He's a master distiller at, or sorry, well, he's a master distiller, but really the master blender at um, at Old Elk, and he used to be with uh, what uh, we think, what we know is MGP, the Lawrenceburg, uh, Indiana distillery. I think they've changed names, but no one calls it by the new name. Anyway, he's been he, he was there for like 38 years. Long time. Yeah, I mean, forever. And this guy just like just like was like vomiting information at us. It was for awesome. Like 40 minutes straight, and it was so cool. Yeah, is such a nice person. Um, I think I think he shook my hand. Uh, thank you and goodbye like seven times. Nice dude. And he was just like <laughs> so excited to be a part of it. It was like he said it was one of the coolest events he'd done in a long time. so cool. that, was, that was really neat. Uh, so we're gonna drink some in honor of him. In honor of him. We're gonna drink some uh, weed of uh, Old Elk weeded bourbon, nice. uh, while um, while we talk about this and uh, while we finish the show, while uh, we listen to the the, the recording. Uh, the The really cool part about him being freshly with Old Elk is that not fresh, but like re- in general recency, is that everything that we're drinking he actually was in charge of. Yeah, he so made. he like made it. At some point, we're gonna be drinking Old Elk that was not. When he was there. But not right now. But right now. Right it's now it's, it's a sweet spot. It's all him. Yeah. So uh we talked about this a long time ago where he would um when they first started, we talked about like getting single barrel picks from old elk. Like if you can find one one of the original ones, that's uh that's something you need to go get because he knew exactly where these great barrels were, and he would just go and say, I want, you know, that had no sound effects. Uh like barrel number like two thousand seven hundred and forty six uh because he knew that like that area was so good um,
0: so he's handpicking these barrels that he it, essentially made
1: because he, he knew like the individual spots of the yeah. r- the Rick house were so right. good and uh and the nice part is about these is that he was he knows where where the sweet spots still are so he's being he knows what the number system are so when he when he gets like allotments of his whiskey he knows where which ones should be blended this much?
0: Yeah, that's
2: uh these,
1: the, these barrels generally should go to single barrels.
0: He knows the science of it.
1: That's oh. a
2: pretty unique situation where you have a guy that's worked at a company for 38 years and has put his basically his entire life into this company. He's, yeah. He's been through four or five different ownership changes at that place.
1: That was super interesting about that, right? Yeah, yeah. and yeah.
2: still maintain his job there because he was doing something right. And then you yeah. got a guy that wants to kind of really start over and start a fresh place like Old Elk. Right newer newer distillery and have all this like you said insight into like where all these bottles are and where all the good stuff is Dude, and what a steal pr- by old elk and elf. procure that to old elk. Yeah. What a oh. steal. Oh, oh. Smart. Huge steal. Yeah.
0: I love that he one of the th- one of the things he said that he loved to do was work hard. Yeah. Like just hard work. Like he loved being in like out in the in the manufacturing plant yeah. and like setting all this stuff up. And I was like when he said that I was like, man, this guy's like a like a bourbon legend, and he's just all about hard work besides the smarts. And then also the really interesting thing I thought about the interview was when he was talking about the the rye whiskey, how they came to use a European rye because of how the enzymes didn't foam up as much when they were making it, which yep. made a big difference. I was like, oh, this guy's real smart. <laughs> yeah. Like, cool. So he's down to earth and smart. Yeah.
1: Awesome. So we get into a little bit about like how popular, like that 95.5 MGP Rye gets yeah. uh, that. Pay attention that part. That's part. That cool. Part, I was super jacked to ask those questions. Well, but
2: Mike, you bring up a good point about him wanting to just be in it and and being involved in like the making of it and all that. Yeah. And I, I read an article one one uh, when, when we were before we were going to interview him, and one of the statements was he's like the one of the best master distillers that you've never heard of. And I think that it that might be yeah, the, the root sure. of it because he's just so involved in the day to day. He's not out traveling around yeah. exposing himself. He's not about the glory. Yeah.
1: Well, and MGP wasn't parading him out either.
0: Yeah. Right. Like maybe not. Maybe underutilizing him. Not underutilizing him. Just not understanding that maybe not capitalizing putting, on it. Putting yeah, putting him at the forefront and letting him be the name and the face of what was going on. Agreed. You know. Well, they so. also
1: didn't really have any like products of their own to... Like. That they were labeling it was just all be all contracts. Right.
0: Yeah. That's right. That's right.
1: But still, so, I mean, I don't think they even do the tours. So, anyway, this this weeded rice is delicious. Cheers boys.
0: This weeded, oh weeded bourbon. The Sorry. weeded bourbon is delicious. Here's the Greg Metz. Listen up. I think you guys are gonna, gonna enjoy it.
2: Yeah. Let's sip on these while we listen in. Mm-hmm.
0: Let's go. We are sitting upstairs at Mesa Mash. Sitting here with a bourbon legend. Mr. Greg Metz from Old Elk, the master distiller. How are you doing today, sir?
3: I'm doing terrific. Thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It's going to awesome, be fun.
0: man. Thanks, thanks for taking time out of your day. I know I you're more
1: people talking about this as a show. I like that.
0: <laughs> being on the show? Yeah, yeah, on the show. That's what we should just call it from now on. We're going on the show.
1: The Sipping Social Show. You want yeah. to be on the show?
0: Yeah. It seems more you know, elevated. It does. Yeah. It totally does. Well, uh, cheers to you being here, taking time out of your day. I know you got a busy schedule while you're uh, doing this blitz. Let's drink some whiskey right now. We got the uh, what is this, The double wheat from Old Elk.
3: Double yeah, wheat. We have a master series blend that uh, we put together, and it's a uh, combination of uh, our Old Elk wheated bourbon and Old Elk wheat whiskey mash bills. So. Wow,
0: beautiful! Love it. Cheers, boys. Cheers.
1: So, if anyone's not ever seen a bottle, um, they should probably go buy one first off. But the really cool part about Old Elk is they put all the stats on the side. They're not. You guys aren't hiding anything, which is I think is really cool. very transparent.
3: We've always been very transparent, and uh, so yeah, it's. Uh, there's nothing to hide Uh, we you know we would dare people to try to duplicate what we're doing so
1: love it i agree with that so on the side it's got uh it's got the entire mash bill uh the in the ages of uh the bourbon and the wheat whiskey um 71 and a half wheat 25 corn three and a half (coughs) barley uh a blend of a six year wheated bourbon and a six seven and eight year wheat whiskey
0: i love the flavor on this one this one's so good the the just the wheated bourbon alone is magnificent yeah. we we sell through a ton of that stuff over social, and I feel like this is kind of just one. What's the Cubs like celebration right now? It's like they're turning up the, the dial. Yeah, I feel like this is like turning up the Boop, dial. Boop, like, there it is. Yeah, like you like hit a homer. Yeah, dial up. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they just dialed up. It's so it's so tasty.
3: The cool the cool part about the blend is that because our old Elk mash bills are so different than everybody else on the shelf and so extreme, really, that uh, by blending, I was actually able to create a mash bill within a mash bill. And uh, so what you saw on the side of the bottle is actually the composite uh, mash bill that's a result of blending the two extreme nice. wheat bourbon, wheat whiskey mash bills.
1: How long do you guys let it um, rest together before you
3: put it into a bottle? It usually sits uh, probably the better part of a week just to let everything marry up together before yeah. we start putting it in the bottle.
0: Nice. Cool. And that's done at the production facility, obviously, in Fort Collins.
3: Yes. Uh-huh. No, it's at his house in Cincinnati. <clears throat> could and then be. they ship it across yeah. country.
0: Yeah,
1: Perfect. in his garage. I, I was lob- in his garage. It sucks Here, in the winter.
0: I was lobbying myself <laughs> up for a follow-up question by the fact that we were at the production facility. And oh, yeah. It was just really cool to see that process. So, like, we got to see the, the, the area that that was going down, and then you guys got the expansion going on uh, right next to like in the middle part of the, the warehouse. Yeah, so, v- so
3: finally everything's under one roof out at the Blue Spruce facility out mm-hmm. there. So cool. uh, I harvest the barrels from uh, MGP where all the barrels that I uh, produced uh, while I was still in Lawrenceburg uh, that I produced for Old Elk are still aging there. Uh, so I'll select uh, a group of barrels. I'll ask it, ask it to get samples for them. I'll evaluate, <coughs> evaluate those samples at the house uh, and once they're approved for quality, then they, then I have them, uh, shipped out the blue spruce where we've got a, what I call a work in progress warehouse and they may reside there from, uh, two months. They may be up to a year depending on production needs and demands. But, uh, so once they get them, they'll dump them, blend them, <coughs> excuse me, and, uh, and bottle them. So. All, cool. all that's done at uh, under one roof now at the Blue Spruce facility in uh, Fort Collins.
1: And that Fort Collins facility is pretty cool. Uh, Impressive. We got to you, first of all, you have a great staff. They they were very very nice and took care of us really well. Uh, just wa- just looking through the bottling line. is where we started and uh, and how you make your uh, how you make your tops for the bottles. Very interesting. You don't really see that very often, at all.
3: It's incredibly unique, and yeah. uh, the you know the toppers are obviously a a slice of a uh, an elk antler, and uh, I don't know how many people know it, but that's actually a, uh, a 3D print from an actual bull elk that resides in uh, Old Elk's main office. That's awesome. Very cool. Pretty cool.
0: I, I, we did not know that. We've, we've seen a lot of it, and we saw the gal cranking them out. Um, but yeah, we one didn't one-handed. Know that yeah. yeah, it was very it, cool. Let's back up for a second. Yeah, though. so talking about MGP, Yeah. Uh, that's where you guys get your barrels from for Old Elk. Uh, you worked there for 38
3: years. Yes.
0: How did you get your start in the industry with them? Um, was that like coming out of college? Or just kind of give us a brief uh, background on that.
3: Well, I started, uh, uh, I started at, uh, in June of 1978. Uh, uh, back then, uh, companies actually came to campus to recruit for open positions that they had at their facilities. Uh, I was in the, at the University of Cincinnati at the time, graduating with a chemical engineering degree. And as it was, uh, Joseph E. Seagram's and Sons uh, came to campus looking to fill spots that they had at their Lawrenceburg, Indiana distillery. So uh, I actually hired in under uh, the Joseph E. Seagram's brands. Uh, uh, Really didn't have any idea what I was getting into. Uh, Fact of the matter is, that uh, two weeks after they offered me a job, I walked through the gates of this enormous distillery. At the time, it was the largest distillery in the world and I didn't even know what a master distiller was. Uh, the only thing I knew for sure that I was 23 years old and I was gonna work for a company and made whiskey and I said, well, here I am, guys.
1: That <laughs> sounds great.
3: Uh, Sounds
2: a little bit like Willy Wonka on a chocolate <laughs> factory. <with> these big <laughs> gates open, and it's nothing but
3: yeah. Yeah. Well, only eight people get to walk in. <laughs> yeah.
1: What did your parents think about that? Like, you got a chemical engineering degree from your in Cincinnati, and you're gonna go make whiskey.
3: Uh, they thought it was really cool as well. Uh, Good. Yeah, actually, my dad's the one that sort of steered me into into the engineering field, uh, and then uh, you know when I got, when I got the job at Seagram's, why he uh, he was he was really pretty proud of me actually. So I, w- I wish that he would live long enough to see you know, what I've accomplished, uh, you know, since 1978. But sadly, he, he passed before he got to see some of the real glory parts of it. But No, nah, he's paying attention. He's, he sees it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I hope so.
2: Yeah. When did the, the real glory uh, years begin uh, working
3: there? Well, uh, the first 24 years, well, yeah, the first 24 years of my career was under Seagram's. Uh, the part that I didn't know uh, when I joined them was that I was going to get the best training in the world from Zigram's relative to becoming a master distiller. But uh, really, the first 24 years was really all uh, uh, development for me. They they had uh, they they made you go through every department in the facility so that you had an understanding of you know how everybody has to interact and cooperate to produce uh, world class whiskeys at the end of the day. And I never really started my uh, production training, probably until about 1992. And it probably took me 10 years to uh, do my master distiller training. Uh, 2002, I, I achieved that, uh, that goal. And uh, sadly, that's when uh, Seagrams decided to get out of the business. So uh, that's when the ownership changes started. Uh, Pernod Ricard and Diageo bought all the Seagram brands. Uh, Pernod Ricard wound up owning the Lawrenceburg Distillery, so I worked under Pernod's regime, or family, uh, for probably uh, about seven years, up to about well 2008, 2009-ish. Uh, they actually acquired Allied Domek, I believe, another player in the business, which resulted in having, giving them ownership of two distilleries and two bottling houses, and they really only had capacity or need for one of each. Uh, study was done. Lawrenceburg didn't fare so well in that study. And uh, we went up for sale again. And that's when we became LDI, Lawrenceburg Distillers, Indiana. Uh, and that's actually when we became 100% contract distillers. So I went from a, a distiller, or a, a ownership that produced, a distillery that produced products only for Seagram brands uh, from 1978 to 2002, And by 2008, we were 100% contract distillers. We'd lost brand affiliation uh, with all the Seagram brands. And then, uh, really, uh, LDI had us for about four and a half years. They got into some financial difficulties as a result of the recession. Uh, We wound up going up for sale again, and that's when MGP stepped in and bought the facility. And about that time, at 2012 to 2013 uh, time frame is actually when uh, I met Old Elk. <coughs> uh, they, uh, they came to the plant. Uh, our owners are uh, Kurt and Nancy Richardson. They're actually the founders of Voterbox phone covers, but they wanted to get into the bourbon business. And uh, In doing so, uh, the first thing they did was look me up uh, at, M- <coughs> pardon me, at, at MGP as a contract distiller but what they wanted was custom mash bills, not the same mash bills that we were producing uh, for all the other brands uh, that we were you know, supplying for. And that was a r- really unique thing. That was actually my first opportunity uh, to be able to build a, a mash bill from the ground up, you know, really unrestricted relative to uh, what the mash bill was gonna be, what the mash bill cost, to, to just total no, no restrictions. Yeah, yeah, and it was like, over. man, it's like kid in a candy store. Nice. Yes, yeah. <laughs> well, I, mean, I
2: mean, after being at a company for 38 years, and then you get your tenor, you know, um, and then you get your tenor, and then you get, um, you last through four different ownership experiences. Uh, that's incredible that you can be at that company that long one, and two last through all four ownership experiences. And before we get into Old Elk, um, I think we're going to head that direction soon. Uh, I just want to know, like, through your tenure at at MGP or at that distillery, like, what was your what was your, your favorite sort of project to work on in that company? Coming out of that.
3: Holy cow! That's uh, how much time do we got? I, I told you,
2: I told you, the hard questions are yeah. coming out of that. Or, or maybe yeah. like a hand, like a few, like just.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, probably. Well, there's really several. I think. Uh, yeah. uh, I think the uh, the people management skills that I was taught or forced to learn. Uh, Was huge. That was part of the Seagram training program, Uh, and frankly speaking, uh, everything I learned about uh, people management is really what made me the person I am today. So I absolutely have to tip my hat to that pro that training program for for uh, you know teaching me those abilities. But then we uh, probably the from a, a, a technical. Uh, aspect. Uh, we did a huge uh, automation of that plant uh, from 1998 to 2002 and I was in uh, a big part of that autom- automation project. So I uh, actually wrote uh, the logic for all the sequencing that we did for every every piece of equipment and every piece of the operation which really sort of take, took it from a, a, a 100% manual to uh, nearly 100% automated. And uh, it was a very gratifying thing when you get to troubleshoot all that, and you get, you know, when you finally get a, all the bugs worked out, and you sort of just push the go button, and everything just you know, starts up and runs. <laughs> everything just and starts and, working. And, and you push, push the ball. off button. Ooh, it, <laughs> <laughs> it takes itself down. And there's always operators involved. You always, You always had to have operators Overseeing all those processes, it, it wasn't it wasn't robotic, but it was uh, it was a big leap for that that facility uh, to go from 100 percent manual to uh, a very high highly technical and, and highly automated facility, and and getting to be part of that was uh, was incredibly gratifying and a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, I mean, you talked about your your engineering degree coming out of that into that business, and I think that probably absolutely helped you in that and. and- creating all those different processes and technical settings and all that.
3: Yeah, the, the engineering part, you know, it certainly helped with every process every process that, that's related to, you know, making whiskey. But uh, the whole whiskey process is about 50% technical, which fit that engineering background. and The other 50% sort of art and science. Mm. And uh, the, the art part is really what the master distiller training uh Part was relative to grain quality and water quality, uh, sensory and organolyptic, Uh Those those were never things that were part of any of my education. Uh, really, microbiology for that matter. Fermentation is is a huge part, and probably the most critical part when you're making a whiskey. Uh, that was all uh, passed on to me from you know the the uh, master master distillers ahead of me, uh, Larry Ebersold, who's. Uh, has been a big, big uh, player in the consulting business since he retired. But uh, So, yeah, I, I uh, was just very fortunate to have, have been involved with probably the best people in the business, and, and they were able to pass on uh, their knowledge to me. So it's been very, very fortunate.
0: Nice. Um, you said in 78 you got hired by Seagram's. 92 is when you started your Master Distillery Certificate. In between that, what when was the moment you knew you wanted to be a master distiller you know was it like early on or was it like kind of closer to 92 and you're like this is what I want to do the rest of my life
3: I think really it was, uh, it was more of an evolution it was never really a plan frankly uh uh you know from 78 to 92 I was rotating through all the different departments and, and learning all kinds of different things that weren't really necessarily part of my uh education if you will but uh but it when I
1: became part of your education, though, right?
3: I'm sorry. You learned the whole,
1: learning the whole time is became your education. Yes, exactly. Yeah.
3: But uh, I always knew once once I got into uh, production proper, I'd say in '92 that that's when I really knew that that's that was my that was my niche. That's where I wanted to be. Nice. Uh, I I didn't know in '92 that I necessarily had a vision of becoming a master distiller, but. Uh, it just evolved from ninety two to two thousand and two, uh, and and the more you got involved, the more you wanted it, and and the more you learned, the more you wanted to learn, and uh, and then you know in two thousand and two the opportunity presented itself for for me to become uh, you know a master distiller.
1: So like after two thousand two, yeah right. Uh, after two thousand two. What was like? There's like there was, like there was, like a moment in everyone's like life, or like you always hears like uh, in like sports all the time, where like they realize that they they've got it, or that they they're gonna become big, or they're gonna become super successful or popular or whatever. What was that moment for you? Where like I'm doing something special here. This is working. Uh, like I'm now I put my name on the map. What was it? Was there a moment for you
3: that you had that, or you did something? Yeah, I think really uh it, it really probably. probably happened probably in like eh, probably 98 or 99 is is when I became uh, the production manager so at that point I I assumed responsibility of all the distillery Uh, I just didn't have the master distiller title I was still uh, basically in this assistant master distiller under Larry Ebersole but but I was doing all the functions and running the plant uh, you know like a master distiller would and I think I guess the cool part for me was that every day I left that facility, you know, with, with that experience and with that title or that responsibility, every day I left the distillery, I knew that we were making world-class whiskey uh, for someone. And that was, frankly, gratification enough for me. I, I, I'm wired such that I feel like I need to accomplish something every day. Nice. And, and it could be as simple as cleaning up the garage on a Saturday morning. Okay. Mine
1: could <coughs> do some cleaning, by the way. Oh, so he's
3: not, he's not coming over to clean your garage. he <coughs> will so come
1: over tomorrow to we'll send the bottle. Remember?
3: <laughs> so being able to leave that distillery every day, knowing that we were making world-class whiskey for, for consumers, was That's pretty cool. Was, was really uh, gratification enough? So yeah, I, that, uh, that so definitely
0: scratches that itch for you. you know? <laughs> people, people enjoying your booze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah for it's sure.
3: Cool. Is
1: there like, a moment like you're like at a bar or a restaurant and like you see someone drinking? Whatever product that it got, that your whiskey was made into, and their label was slapped on, and they're like really enjoying it and talking about how much they love it. That you're in the background listening and you're like, yeah, I made that.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, know that happens, uh, frankly, that happens a lot because my fingerprints are on a lot of the brands out there yeah. over the years, but uh, it, it doesn't matter really whose brand it is, or it, it doesn't even have to be something I produce, but watching people enjoy a good whiskey anywhere is 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 just uh, gratification being part of that whiskey family is is pretty special as you mm. folks know mm. it's it's just uh that's a special bond yeah, yeah i
0: can't
1: agree with that
3: anymore
0: that's that's top notch right there that's, yeah, I a, even, that's a good good response i don't even make
1: whiskey too. and i have people yeah. over and I, I show them something and they really enjoy it and i get excited about it well yeah.
0: and I, I can relate to that on my day-to-day um we can you know working in the restaurant industry where hospitality like that's what that's what drives us is to make people happy yeah food whiskey drinks beer whatever as yeah. long as they leave happy it's totally where it's at. So So Garrett can you ask the kitchen to keep it down down yeah, there? Yeah, What the what's what going are, on, just huh? Just like throwing pans around She's downstairs. A, they, they got a frisbee game going on down there.
1: I mean they're on the verge of a mission <laughs> star right now. <laughs> <laughs> Let them go.
0: So Greg,
2: you had talked about how how old Elk <laughs> You had talked about how old Elk contacted you and, and, and were thinking about wanting you to have come on to their to their team, um, what? What? I mean, besides like being able to, that thought of being able to kind of run your own show there. What about Old Elk made you want to join the team? Besides that, is there anything that kind of stood out to you about the brand, about
3: the company? You can say anything you did want. you are not wa- listening. Did you just want to move out to Colorado? No one's listening. Actually, It's <laughs> sort of house. And it's not even plugged right. in over there. I've got the answer for this. No, <laughs> no seriously, uh, it was probably uh, from 2000, say 13 to 2016. Uh, three, four, 2012, about a four-year period where, uh, you know, I I met Old Elk, I I built their mash bills, I produced their mash bills. But over that four-year period, you know, as I got to know the company and got to know the people in the company, what what struck me is that, that the company was built on young, smart, passionate people. And I was the old goat in the crowd, really, even before I joined them. But Our company is really our age mean or mean average mean age, is is roughly about twenty five to probably forty. So, Mm. uh, just young, smart, passionate people that that, uh, just wanted to be, uh, create whiskey, build a brand, and be successful. So that that was a big drawing card. Uh, The second big drawing card that really, you know, as you said, I had thirty eight years in at that Lawrenceburg distillery. I could have. I could have rode into retirement uh, you know, very comfortably. I knew every everything about my job. It was, uh, you know, became second nature. It was would have been easy to stay there and just retire. But uh, what Old Elk gave me was the opportunity to help them build a brand from ground zero. And, and that really was never, that was never part of anything that I'd ever done for the first 38 mm-hmm. years of my career. I was in the trenches master distiller all the time up to that point. I probably spent over half my day out in the plant with the operators and the equipment, fermenters, whatever. But I'd never been part of, of helping a company build a brand. And I was never part of sales, I was never part of marketing or distribution. And that opportunity, joining Old Elk gave me the opportunity to learn those facets of the business, which really for me kind of made it a, a full circle uh, uh, sort of a career. So there was really three things that that uh, that, that really was the defining moment. To you know when they asked me to join them full time, at that point it was already a no-brainer.
1: Eric, our Illinois brand ambassador, told us that you wanted to go with them because you wanted a lifetime supply of Otter Boxes for your phone. Oh yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> the only reason. This this wasn't free by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you, did it, pay you for did, it. You did not yeah, you did not sign the right contract. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's awesome man no, that's uh, that's some like solid nuggets of information yes. about your background and where you come from Sorry, so
1: now that like you're now part you're basically so you're doing all this stuff with the distillery and you're, you're creating the blends and you're, you're stamping everything before it goes into produ- into actual like uh, bottling and now you're kind of starting to become like the face of the, the product I mean your name's on the label which is got to be really really cool it is. especially because you've been contracting the entire time and the label has been whatever else true is buying it uh what is that what is that transition like for you where now you're talking to idiots like us instead of instead of on the ground floor making the whiskey
3: <laughs> well your term idiot is not a good one because one of the things right. that, that has Stupid really idiots yeah what has really defined this industry in the last 10 years is, is really the consumer and the knowledge of the consumer and the passion of the consumer and it's uh it, it's fun to be challenged uh by the consumer who has become so knowledgeable and so passionate about the business, it, it, it just—it's it, fun to be able to t- talk the talk with with people that understand what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, yeah, especially
0: where the whiskey world is now. You've seen it go through lots of you know, uh and you know, flows, Evan right? Ebb and flows or hills and valleys yeef. or, yeef. and then uh, but so you've seen a lot of that, and it is cool that like a lot more information is out there. You got social media, uh, which has probably changed a lot over you know you you tenure in the whiskey world uh, and seeing all that stuff um one of the questions that you guys put down on here i'm not sure who did that it was is related to the, the packaging and and how cool it ties in everything that's really cool about it as far as like the different colors for the different expressions you got the 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 old elk antler and the topper did you have a say in any of that or is that like a marketing are you not a marketing genius yet you're just a master distiller
3: Uh, that's that's not my uh and master podcast that is not my wheelhouse but but i will tell you that that all those bottles all those labels all the toppers are created in-house we have an incredibly talented uh, group of folks that do that for us Uh, uh, we we literally don't uh, get little or no consulting help on it It, it's literally done by our own own in-house people and they're incredibly talented so yeah, hats off to those folks for sure. Thanks. Yes,
2: everything seems to be pretty buttoned up from the bottle that you actually see and consume to the website to the, your messaging about the old elk, uh, the old elk message about um, an old elk. You'll rarely see an. What was it? You rarely see an old elk, but if you do, it's quite the experience.
3: This is an old elk. <laughs> but there, 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 I'm, I'm not talking about you, guys. <laughs>
1: It is quite an
2: experience. <laughs> but I'm forgetting the line that it was on your website, forgive me, but uh, it was something about the nostalgia of seeing an old elk and how impressive it is and, and and when you see your product it is an impressive looking bottle. It's an impressive looking product in the bottle. Um, and it's a very a very good uh, company company you guys are. It's um, it's hard to poke holes in it. It's hard to poke holes in it right Kind of
0: noticing something no. here. We we drank all the whiskey over here, but Greg hasn't had a sip of his yet. Greg's been chatting too asked much. Him. Yeah. So That's so I, a think, I think you should have a <laughs> sip of that. And then, uh, Garrett, can I have a little bit more whiskey, please?
1: Yeah, which, do you want to stick with the same one? No, um, sure. Yeah, we'll get to the ride in a second.
0: All right, cool. Um, I, I'm just enjoying it so much. It went down, and uh, today was a long day, and this is the best part of my day.
1: Now, to Greg's, to Greg's defense, yeah. I did pour him about two ounces of it.
0: You gave him a little bit more?
1: Well, it's a lot.
0: Yeah, but so I got the short pour over here?
1: No, you got a heavier one. Okay. You're about two and a quarter of
0: I needed it. Yeah. It, was a, it was a good. Day. Thanks for coming over for lunch today, man. That, oh, was, right. that was enjoyable to sit there. I, honestly, man, I, I, I wish I had told some of my, our buddies who are in the bourbon world that you were going to be there because I could have made it a little bit more of a meet and greet, which is not, it's kind of settling you short. So I apologize for that. But literally, sitting at the bar with you and, and your and you guys from Old Elk um, really made my day. Yeah,
3: I Made, had, made I mine, a, too. It's, a, it's hard to call at work when you're hanging yeah. out with really good folks and just enjoying whiskey. and yeah, That might True. be nice, too, though. Like, he right? even you're slipped a couple beers in there. <laughs> not, what, yeah.
0: what, what beers are those? were those? I'm not talking about that. Coors Light. They're delicious. <laughs> we, so, uh, so Johnny drinks like three things, right? It's whiskey. Rumplements and Coors Light. Yeah, like and captain, captain. Captain! Oh, captain comes I forgot. So four <laughs> things. So, so I mean, it's, 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 as long as there's some Coors Lights around, yeah, this, this trio is gonna be just fine.
1: One of our favorite podcasts we did was with a brewery, and he listened to the show a lot. The show, the like show that, yeah. Man. And uh, he he brought over a six pack of Coors Light. He works at a brewery really, that's yeah. not Coors Light. <laughs> <yet>. <laughs> yeah.
0: and, you know, and he knew the Johnny loved it <laughs> yeah. so much. He's like, I got a six pack for you. Wow, like, awesome. Dude, that's that's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's
3: cool. Fun.
1: And I bet you like uh, having not all those people at lunch was might maybe a little refreshing for you. I mean, you've been kind of like on like, like, working like crowds. It might be nice to have, like go lunch off.
3: We have, but it's it's always enjoyable to hang out with folks that love the business. Literally, it, it yeah. just it's fun. And that's yeah. the best way to describe it. How
2: long have you been in the Chicagoland area on this <clears throat> trip? Is I came
3: it? in uh, Monday. We had a full day Monday, uh, full day Tuesday, and really full day today. So quit. Cool. Uh, it's been a mix. It's been a little bit in market. We've done some single barrel picks. Uh, we've been with uh, two different uh, bourbon societies the last two nights, and then we're going to do uh, some... Uh, do clubs. you know
1: the color of the wall of your hotel room? Uh, not so much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like you've been out a that lot. That question
0: was not on the docket, Garrett.
1: Don't ask those questions. You make it sound like I read the docket. Um, it's been, single it's single
3: been really <laughs> dark every time I've gone <laughs> <Yeah>. back. <laughs> the lights are just off.
0: Uh, we should probably talk about a single barrel pick with these guys at some point, no?
1: I mean, we, we were, I mean. Dude, like this close. We were a beard here away from buying one. I know. On a whim.
0: Yeah.
1: When we went to visit you guys. Oh, yeah. Because um, there were so many good ones. The fact that my favorite part, we talked about this on a previous episode. We're like, all right, so what? we're talking to your production manager. And no. it was like, what, which one of these barrels I've already spoken for? And he's like, this one, that one, that one. I was like, well, what about that one right next to it? He goes, hold on a second. He grabs the forklift, moves some stuff around. Up, pop off the top. We try it, and we tried a. I think it was a wheat whiskey. It wasn't a. It wasn't the double wheat. It was just a wheat whiskey, and I was like, "This is really, this is really fucking good." And uh, it was the problem was like it was like our tenth sample. We we we'd had had we <laughs> and had had some. We yeah, woke up sure. at like four a.m. Took a flight. Eric picked us up at the airport. Put our bags in the trunk and went straight to the distillery, or yeah. straight to lunch and then to the distillery. Um, First of all, that day did not suck at all. But the at the point we're like, I I don't know if this is really good, or we're just our palate shot and like anything is good because the experience is so good. But yeah. we were so close, and I and I guarantee you, I right now, I'm promising that uh, in like the next 18 months we're picking a old El Cerrillo. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah, there's there's no reason not yeah, to.
0: It, it would kill it at a restaurant group. But
1: totally. it would be it'd be really cool if we could schedule that. I, w- I like to pick it there because I think of the those guys are so nice, and I want to go say hi to them again. Um, we could schedule that to a time where when you spend a, a week or so in Denver and we can say hi to you again. No you don't need you to can. do it with you, but, I mean, that would be great. I'll but, do my
3: level best to be there. Well, I mean, cool, absolutely. we'll figure yeah. out a
1: time when you're going to be there, yeah. and yeah. we'll try to coordinate the same yeah. time us there. Work, and we'll, Work around that for yeah. sure we're flexible
3: yeah the, the experience is really royal out there the the, the, oh. the facility is not glamorous it's not a museum but it's no which i think i really it, enjoy it's, it's certainly authentic for yeah. sure and honestly yeah.
0: the tasting room in downtown fort collins anybody that's out that way go there the food was off the hook those sliders the, the food was so good and, and oh no the burger the burger, the burger we, had. we had right so in the appetizers we had, it's just like one of those things when you go to a brewery or distillery, you're just not quite sure what kind of quality level of food you're going to get. But the food was fantastic.
1: I mean, in general, it's not great.
0: It's it, it's usually just okay. Yeah. But that's what that's because they're focused on other things, the the whiskey or. So the, they're not banging
1: enough pans in the kitchen. <laughs>
2: huh? <laughs> huh? <laughs> <laughs> Did you say something over there? Oh, <laughs> uh, so but I, it was I, awesome. I think, you know, I don't know where we're. Going to go after this. Uh, I don't know if we're going to wrap up, but no, we need maybe, to maybe have a sip of whiskey yeah. and,
0: and see where we go from. Let's have a cheers. I want to talk about the
1: rye.
2: Okay. Yeah. Let's,
0: let's have a cheers. And then, John, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just figured oh, we'd no just worries. drink more.
2: Uh, I guess uh, this might be like an end of the podcast kind of questions. We might like edit this back, but um, we won't. You know, it just seems like you guys are heading in the right direction. And I just want to know, like, what are your thoughts on. Thanks, Gary. <laughs> Yeah, let's be honest with ourselves. <laughs> yeah, We will. <won't. laughs> but what are your thoughts on in the next, like, five years, like, where do you see Old Elk, and, and, and how, 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 how big do you guys want to grow, and, and what's the whole feeling there at the company? Like, in the next five years, what's your kind of goals? Well, I'd like
3: to think the sky's the limit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're, we're always going to be focused on world-class quality, period, and uh, we're always going to be focused on trying to be different than everybody else on the shelf. So that's, that's our DNA. That's two simple things. You already got that covered. Uh, so, yeah, our uh, you know, we're, we've only been in market, it'll be six years this November, so we're, we're really very new <laughs> to the game relative to that, and, you know, we've had uh, really exponential growth almost every year since we started, so. Uh, you That's because you're a sales team. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, those guys are so, killing it. No, we've got, we've only got, I think, less than 40 employees in the whole company, and, and we're in, uh, you know, we're distributed in all 50 states, so. We are freaking lean and mean right now. That's, Rock, really, impressive. That's sure. really impressive. That's really impressive because yeah. like
1: products like uh, Journeyman and and a few just just happened to few like other like local distilleries around us aren't in 50 states or they're just getting to it uh, and you guys are ahead of them.
0: Well, and also like around here, obviously Chicago is a huge bourbon whiskey uh, market, um, but you see Old Elk everywhere. You don't see that for a lot of the the micro distilleries, you know what I mean? Even some of the local ones. The craft distilleries, yeah. craft craft distilleries. You don't even see some of the the local ones aren't everywhere. When you start seeing Old Elk everywhere, you know the sales team is doing a bang up job, uh, and it's also delicious. And we've seen several uh, single barrel picks come this way. The one from Malloy's, which we actually had on our podcast highly rated by all three of us
1: about five of them
0: in the that bottle was insanely delicious the and that's the, actually so i would hit i have two bottles that he could assign that I. well he's writing. coming over later he'll <laughs> be at your house tomorrow yeah, i mean you could run home
1: real quick in, in between this yeah. and, the, and the tasting
0: I, could, I know i just that would have been such a cool thing to do um but you got full bottles here that you can sign for the bars right
1: yeah but i'm talking about your bottles yeah. you got time i know, I know.
0: So I don't know where I was going with it, but just I think it seems like the sales team is on point. You guys' exposure and what you guys are doing right now is, is moving it in the direction where everybody's going to know about it, mainly because of how good it is. And you guys keep adding on these new expressions that... Um, do you
3: guys do a lot of international business? We have not broken into that arena yet. Actually, our, our next really big focus is, is on-premise. Uh, we've done very well on off-premise. Uh, obviously, COVID... Put us back probably two and a half years on, on the on-premise sure. sector. Yeah. So I think going forward for the next few years, that's going to be a key, a key focal point uh, uh, relative to building the brand. Yeah. And uh, uh, you know, and then beyond that, why? Uh, yeah. Sky's the limit.
1: So is the on-premise like all I think about is on-premise like whiskey and pricing in that sense. Do you have any like plan on uh, producing a good whiskey that would be in, like the cocktail price range or like the 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 dollar per ounce on this is higher than most people are going to use for a cocktail mm-hmm. so like if you want on premise you're looking at like back bar placements do you have any plan or, or any thoughts or if you don't it's totally okay but like to get into a cocktail like generally they're like two dollars or less for an ounce
3: no i think uh you know we're in a position that uh, we'll never say no to anything uh, i like that and- too and the thing about being lean and mean is we can react quickly so you know when we get a good break into the on-premise and we start getting feedback uh, we react to that feedback all the time actually a lot of these uh, master series blends was a direct a direct result of feedback that we've gotten uh, through marketing sales and and the consumer so you know those those folks will come to me and say that you know we we would think we want to do a four grain blend you think you can put one together and say sure, we sure can it's your
1: shit we can yeah. and uh, so
3: yeah so we've done uh, two infinity blends as a result of that kind of feedback the man. Infinity blend is so good That's yeah, out of control good it's really good and and we've done uh, th- three master series blends as a result of that feedback and they've have broken into the cast finish as well so melinda maddox out in the, and i think you said you met her out in fort collins Yes. Yeah is the brains behind that program, and uh, she does just a terrific job, so.
0: That's so
3: dope.
1: I, f- I think I'm high right now, just talking to him.
0: <laughs> like a Rocky Mountain high yeah, or yeah. a whiskey high? Whiskey, all all whiskey of it, high. yeah, all of it. Oh, uh, no.
1: So we, we, drank the, uh, we drank the double wheat, but I wanna I talk about the rye, because I think for a long time, MGP got like a bad rap as like a, oh, like the snobbists of, of whiskey world for, I don't know. Maybe it was like a year or two where people were like, oh, they don't they don't make their own whiskey, they source it, like that. Which means that's a bad thing. And then uh, and then people started realizing that MGP products was really good. Yeah. And uh, I think that, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think MGP really like stamped its name on like the whiskey world with their rye, especially the 955 rye, as like being a really good whiskey.
3: Absolutely. And and and, and that that actually started. Uh, Really prior to MGP's acquisition of the plant, I mean, uh, probably we we probably were doing contract distilling from uh, probably 2002 was when we sort of started getting into some.
1: Let me dump that. Yes, uh,
3: yeah, contract distilling on a a small basis, but when we became LDI in 2008, when we became 100% contract distillers. Uh, over that four and a half year period that we were under their leadership we pro- uh, uh, progressively uh, went after uh, the craft business and, and third-party contract sales so I, re- I really think that the groundwork was laid uh, from probably 2008 to 2013 and I think in a lot of ways we broke the myth on on many things that were you know one was oh you you can only make bourbon in Kentucky. Well, we, you know, I think we broke that myth. And then, you know, we, we uh, the Lawrenceburg Distillery played a, a very big role in, in, the, in the boom of, uh, in the growth of rye whiskey uh, in no small part to the 95% rye mash bill that we literally made famous down there. So, no, it, literally, it is famous, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the,
0: the best rye are 95.5, aren't they? Yeah.
3: I mean, Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, we
1: we enjoy Michter's rye, which yeah. is not the same, but and
0: probably Willits. will it, Rye is pretty good. Is it, yeah. It, but it's, an, it's a, is it a 955? No. Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. But I'm just saying that was just yeah. But you yeah, yeah, enjoy yeah, we, other yeah, ones, but the yeah, 955s are.
1: I mean, anytime like I get shown like a new bottle with a label I don't I don't, I don't never seen before, and it says uh, sourced MGP five years 955, I go I'm probably gonna like this one. Yeah. I mean, it's up to their blender to make to not to screw it up, but. Uh, it's it's really impressive how it went from uh, I don't want it because I didn't create they they didn't create it to uh, we only want we th- they sourced from MGP ninety five five and it's eight years old now it, you know it's going to be good like you don't even taste it you just know it's going to be good so hats off to you
3: yeah thank you it's uh, you know that was a uh, that that wasn't an overnight success that 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 mash bill probably took us. I'd say probably 25 or 30 years to really perfect it. No uh, way. I mean, we went through uh, probably three different generations where we had like three marketable, marketable, or marketable, uh, or significant uh, uh, finds or. or whatever that, that actually st- stepped up the quality of that product so so were you, were you when
1: you were, when you're doing those changes were you like all right we're doing 97 or 94 or 80 or whatever or were you like where i'm getting the rye from or where i'm getting the malt from it, it was all process the related yeah.
3: uh, the mash bill was always 95.5 but yeah uh, if you don't know rye is is, is an incredibly hard mash bill to, to produce and have the quality come back Come out the way you wanted to, and it's
1: super sticky and dirty to <clears throat>
3: It's 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 sticky. It's viscous. It's it's almost like a slimy mash, hmm. and it has a tremendous propensity to foam, which is really detrimental to quality. So over 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 that time frame that I talked about, there's really three 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 key things that we learned, uh, and and two of them were uh, as a result of collaborative efforts. One one was Uh, working with enzyme companies Uh, rye has components in the cereal grain that corn and barley malt doesn't which makes them really difficult and uh, So we worked with uh, some of the enzyme manufacturers and and they they finally developed or put us on to a type of enzyme that would break the viscosity of that thick rye mash and the added benefit was that it, it knocked out the foaming so that was huge Uh, and the second big collaborative effort was with brooks grain a a small family-owned company that really catered to the craft industry relative to uh you know supplying uh grains high quality grains and we did a uh a collaborative study with them and uh, they put us on to uh european rye rather than the north american rye and canadian rye that we'd always been using and we found uh quickly that uh the uh, primarily Swedish and German rye produced a much superior uh, white distillate than the North American and Canadian rye. So that that was huge. And then just learning about uh, when to distill those mashes. Uh, uh, rye, you, you don't want the fermenters to get old before you distill them. So there, there was <laughs> three, three key takeaways that, that sort of came together over maybe probably a period of it was a it was a, a progression of about 25 years, but a lot of it gelled over the last 15. That's crazy. And uh, so anyone
1: so, who will just listen to that, just just rewind three minutes and listen to
3: that again. That That's, was incredible.
0: The amount of information that just came out of this man's mouth yeah. is <laughs> incredible.
3: Wow. So I, I would say that uh, you know if anybody wanted to try to duplicate that at the quality levels that, that we were producing, it, yeah, good luck. It, yeah, good luck. It, yeah. yeah, have at it. You you know, go fuck so. yourself. Yeah. Well, here, let's uh, cheers to your cheers. rye, man. That's, yeah. that's so
0: cool.
1: So, we so we're can. drinking the old elk uh, straight rye.
0: Straight rye, which is delicious, um, fantastic, and old fashioned.
1: MSRP is at straight rye Eighty-five. Eighty-five dollars.
0: In the, so the the rye we came home from is aged in rum casks from the distillery, yeah. which is just keep um, bringing that up. The bottle I didn't bring, yeah. But we're gonna drink it someday. And I already it. Oh, you did? Yeah. How how good is that gonna be, with this with this whiskey right here? It already is good. So I have an open mind, but we did try it at the at yeah. the, the spot, which is cool.
3: A- available in single barrels, by the way. Mm. <laughs>
1: All of a sudden, Greg's Drop now his. in sales. He's in
0: marketing and sales. <laughs> <How'd> I do <laughs> production. <laughs> Eric,
1: Eric's over here, just wetting his wetting his lips. <laughs> yeah
0: commission. <laughs> commission sounds
2: real good over there.
0: <laughs> awesome, my uh, Johnny. Yeah. Uh, you got you've got been silent over there, dude. You got any any good questions over there? Just, he's
2: just just been chilling and listening.
1: John's hair, it, it, you guys can see, it, is just blown back, like like he's a, With just standing in of a, a giant fan. <laughs> <laughs> of knowledge just blown back.
2: Yeah, <laughs> half my buttons are blown out of my <laughs> button-up shirt. You can't, you can't stand up without a pillow? Um, oh, my I, God. I guess, like, you know, for wrapping things up, the last thing I want to ask Greg here is if you weren't... The second to last question. Second to last. Uh, if you weren't, um, the path you took uh, in being in the distilling industry and making bourbon and making whiskey... Um, where would you see yourself if you didn't go into this industry at this point? Like, what would like if you completely changed careers and you wanted to do something else, or if you're not making whiskey, what would you be doing right now?
1: Ooh, you, might,
3: you might have me stumped. No, I. for uh, Energizer.
2: <laughs> like, would you be working on like a missile launch for like uh, Starlink or something like that?
3: No, frankly, when I when I was graduating, I actually f- uh, fully figured that I'd wind up at a at a chemical manufacturing facility, uh, and, and really had. No thoughts about making whiskey, but uh, you know, if I didn't do that, uh, hard to say. I, you know, I, at home I, I enjoy anything outside. I love uh, outdoor activities. I uh, love outdoor sports. Uh, just love being outside. I like hard work.
2: Uh, so you did you move to Colorado? No,
3: I, I uh, I'm a homeboy from Cincinnati. Still live there. Okay, uh, uh, but it, it actually works out quite well because all the all the uh, I think I put down like 14,000 barrels uh, for Old Elk, and uh, uh, probably 12,000 of those are still residing at the distillery. <clears throat> so I'm able to actually do all the evaluations and sensory analysis. I do all that at home. I just call up the plant and say, "Here's a list of barrels I want samples of. Uh, evaluate them at home. All the all the blends I can develop at home.
1: Yeah, if I could, if I could be cc'd on that email, <laughs> so I could just make my way <laughs> to Cincinnati. Oh my God.
3: I've got some good pictures on my phone. You'd like, yeah. you'd like I usually do like thirty-two evaluations at nine o'clock in the morning. I got just a table lined up. You can't up with, drink all day
1: unless you start in the morning, right? With barrel
3: samples. It's never too early. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you sound like Jimmy Russell. Uh, <laughs> just sit on the front porch just, just trying stuff. Uh
3: so yeah, I uh, yeah, I couldn't tell you what I would would have yeah. done outside the whiskey industry. but uh, That's the best answer, right? Because yeah. you fell in love
1: with what you did yeah. and, and how could you even possibly think about doing anything else? Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. that's very true.
3: Yep.
1: This Man. was amazing. The awesome. the best part about this podcast that we're doing right now yeah. is that we get to shut it off, eat some dinner, and we get to do it all over again in front of a live crowd.
0: It's badass. Yeah. be yeah. fun. Greg,
3: honestly, it will be, I promise. It you
0: coming out here and taking time to do this out of your day is super special for us and definitely for our listeners. I um, want to congratulate you on your career and what you've accomplished in this. It's fantastic. We, we like to do that for our guests. But, um, but honestly, man, the, the whiskey is delicious to all our listeners out there. Old Elk should be on your back bar at home.
1: At least one bottle. At least one bottle. Yeah. The
0: Ouida Bourbon is my favorite. The rye, I'm starting to fall more and more in love with smells fantastic it's tasting delicious right now um and and everybody else should drink it with us
1: not a sick brag but i've got five Five different different ones different different old Elks at home yeah on the the bar
0: how many how many bottles are on your back bar not that many okay so that's a good percentage like like 220 like a good percentage yeah so five out of 220 220 is a good percentage (laughs) it's a good percentage it's a it. it's a big bar. J- yeah. Gary has a home bar from heaven. It's fantastic, and he's got lots of good whiskey. And you and should go there tomorrow and drink it. Not clean his garage. No, no, no. Just no. go out there. Of, out of the garage.
1: You watch me do the garage while you dr- while you drink and <laughs> bottles. Yeah, there
0: you go. <laughs> yeah. right, so I got so you, Coors
1: Light too. I got two cases.
0: There you go. There you go. Let's uh let's wrap this up. Um, man, this was fantastic. I don't want to. You don't. You I don't want to hang out. You, you wanna,
1: we should hang. We should wrap it up. But I don't so want to hang out.
0: You want to keep hanging out? Awesome, thanks, man. Appreciate you. Yeah. We're definitely gonna buy uh, more whiskey from you guys as we're moving forward. Um, and uh, anytime you're in town, let us know. We would we love to take Absolutely. you around yeah. and take good care of you guys. If you don't come
3: you to us, t- we'll t- come to you. It's the last visit. <laughs> yeah.
0: And honestly, when we come out there for the single barrel, we would love to plan that when you're already out there. I'll yeah. Do my, I'll we can do, we do my, can, my level can, best to make that happen.
3: Well, we can we yeah, can plan around you. No, new, yeah. So. You tell yeah. us when you're
1: gonna be there, and then or tell Eric when you're gonna be there, and Eric can tell us, and then. And and we'll we take care go, of the rest and then even if it's just like getting lunch afterwards like we don't necessarily i would love to do a pick with you but no we'll do it if that doesn't happen then it's a it's a, ver, you, it's a
3: verbal
0: it. contract yeah, we're doing we'll it. Do it sign them up all right sweet man appreciate you brother uh,
3: my pleasure thanks for having me awesome. really enjoyed it
0: no i gotta tell you that the whiskey that we drank with with greg metz was incredible the sweet of bourbon. We're drinking right now is incredible i think i'm just going to drink more old elk um, mainly because i like him and
2: we like good whiskey I, I think i remember hearing a little snippet in that recording where uh, i think you asked him if he wants a dump cup yeah <laughs> because like he, he's probably had his product like you know a thousand a thousand times, thousand times so i yeah. thought that was kind of a funny moment where like he's like i think he's like oh, do you need a dump cup <laughs>
1: like we, were, we were talking and like mike and i had both filled up our glass like twice and yeah. he is still on the same one
2: yeah One of the things I thought was funny
0: was with, with, well, not funny, but before we even asked him a question, he like went through like the first four questions that we yeah. had like on the, the Google Doc. I was like, well, let's just wrap this up. He's done yeah. You know, like after the first five minutes. <laughs> I was like, he just answered like half the question. <laughs> That's funny. But uh, it, that was a great time. Greg Metz, thanks again for uh, taking time out of your day to come join us. We can't wait to see you in Fort Collins, because we're going to buy a barrel while you're there. And
1: you promise to be there.
0: It's uh, Garrett has the recording, uh, the snippet. He's, it's going to be in an email file. So every time he emails your employees.
1: Yeah, no, it's just going to be at the bottom, like a like, a, like signature.
0: Okay, then that's what it is. It's just it's just, it's just you saying your yeah, audio file.
2: file. <laughs> I'll do my level best. <laughs> <laughs>
0: nice. Uh let's get into the customer of the week. Uh this is a good one. Um it was a slower like lunch. What day it had to have been Wednesday. Uh no. It was it was over the weekend. It was Sunday. Okay. So this past Sunday. Uh first table, get set under the tent. One of my favorite things. Uh the guy asks the server, he wanted to get a stout. Uh, on draft the only style we had was the barrel age ten and a half percent from crystal lake which is delicious that we hand picked.
3: yeah and it's fantastic it's so good
0: but he goes i don't want that so can you just mix it with the crystal lake beach bond lager and we're like we don't really mix beers like we're not like this isn't a black and tan uh and he goes but i just want like half and half and we're like, i'll just give you half of each and you can kind of doctor it up yourself i was like that's got to be the best solution thinking that that's like yeah. gonna be the end of the transaction So the server comes back in and like five minutes later, she's like, so he needs a little bit more Crystal Lake Beach Blonde Lager. I was like, for what? She's like, he said that that too much stout. I'm like, okay. So I give him like another like eighth of a a pint of Crystal Lake. I'm like, all right, that's got to be the end of the Uh, transaction. Four ounces, yeah. Right. So then she comes in like 15 minutes later, he's like, she's like, he's asking for more. I'm like, of which one? She's like, the light one. I'm like, no, we're not doing this. I'm like, I'm like, first of all, we're not supposed to be doing this. We don't have the yeah. authority to be doing this, and I don't even know how to ring this in. At some point, it's like 1.68 beers that we've given this,
2: this guy. guy this like, a bunch of. He's got like a white lab coat and a bunch of beakers, <laughs> trying to make the perfect yeah. drink. Totally. I like, so I just told the server, he's got I'm like, like,
1: some of those old, old school scales that like <laughs> that like have like the two sides, <laughs> and like yeah. like the up and down. The like, perfect like, measurement. Like, like the like the, like the they do at like like yeah, like the courthouses. Yeah, the, the court courthouse scales. scales yeah. Totally.
0: But I, so I was like, we're not doing this anymore. I can't do this anymore. We, if you want one of each, we'll give you that, and then you can take like an eighth of a sip of a stout, and then a half of a sip of a uh, uh, lager, and then maybe you get the right mixture.
1: What if he brought his own hydrometer and was like, I only want this to be, 8.2%. <laughs> it's be more less than eight point two percent. I need more, more crystal lake. <laughs> I want more. crystal lake. That would down. be awesome. <laughs> <That'd> be
0: awesome. <laughs>
1: no, That's just al- al- funny. I'm absolute like, mania. Can you imagine being at the table and then he's like, actually, miss, can
0: I have? I don't think the family even cared. I
1: mean, it's was like a six tap At some point, that they get just get, they just get numb to it, right? Yeah, nobody's. Because it's not the first time he's been no, a weirdo. No.
2: Just no. give me a little extra sploosh. <laughs> 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 a sploosh? <laughs> I don't know. It's you know. That's that's a splo- <laughs> what's yeah. a sploosh? Like yeah, yeah, a sploosh? Yeah, like like.
1: <laughs> open the tap handle for like one second. Yeah, like yeah. a sploosh. Yeah. I love it. That's a yeah. good sound effect.
0: We need yeah. that on a on a sound
1: bite. Sploosh. Yeah, I'll put that on the email too. There you go.
0: So, cheers to that guy. But, uh. yeah. Come back, um, come back soon. Yeah. Let's uh, let's wrap up the podcast. I think it was a good one, that interview with Greg Metz. Uh, wow. Carried it, and uh, we've had some fun so far. But um, Gary, you got any, any final final?
1: I'm disappointed that we didn't do the bookends at the restaurant so we could have more banging pots and pans <laughs> and, like, silverware dumps in the background yeah. and people yelling out, heard...
2: I think your staff was like playing medieval times in the kitchen. The, they had, I, I had no it, idea that Metal we're, what geared, we were doing yeah. they were just living their no, normal lives. Course. Sword
1: fights so or something.
0: And obviously, like the, sound an carries an Yeah, it's an open kitchen. Sound carries and maze, like already. It's already a loud establishment. Oh yeah. And then we it's were in the, the prime spot, tin. literally like tin. fifteen feet away from the fryer. The f- yeah. Yeah. You could just hear fries getting yeah.
1: dropped. Yeah. And <laughs> the and the bin where they throw like the dirty uh the dirty pans.
0: I love that, man. I thrive on that. That's cool. I think it gives a little more authenticity. I I think it's
2: cool. I think it's cool. All
0: right, join us uh, next time, guys. Actually, Johnny, I'm sorry. Do you got any final final?
2: No, I was just going to say that audio quality freaks the fuck out of me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's got to be nails on a chalkboard for you, Yeah, it totally (laughs) is. 100%. uh, 100%. (laughs) The next time
0: we get together and record, we're going to actually have a Spotify playlist set up of just restaurant noises playing in the background, so we feel like we're at home.
1: I have it, I have it all on queue, ready to go. Good, mm-hmm.
0: good. Next time we do, actually do get together, we're going to be the boys from Hidden Hands are going to join us. Lots of them. We're bringing the whole crew down. We're going to drink. Oh, that's what it was. we were supposed to be. we yeah. were supposed to plug it. So we're going to drink Forever Ever Bright, five and a half percent hazy pale ale with Garrett. Do you remember the hops?
1: Uh, yeah, it's a uh, no. You get the Motueka. Motueka, that's it. Yeah. Mosaic
0: and Cryo Mosaic. Those are the three main main hops. Is it Cryo
1: Mosaic or is it Cryo Citra? Uh, cry citra.
0: Either either way, a fantastic, with 99% fa- sure. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, well, we are going to ask the boys next the Macanico, week the hop- that's, the one, that's the number one. That's the number one. That's the that's the lead. Right. And JP
1: so was super excited about it. Yeah,
0: it's it's fantastic. Five and a half percent. Everybody, it's available at all four of our restaurants. Come down and drink it. We'll buy you a pint if you mention the podcast. It's delicious. We're gonna. The boys are gonna actually bring that and we're gonna drink it. They're right? Bringing a six though. And we're to my and we're tapping to my, that. Yeah, it's my base and bar. drinking all your whiskey. It's gonna be like your 40th birthday party all over again.
1: I just hope I don't brown out for the same hours. <laughs> <laughs>
0: nice. <laughs> that was a great party, dude. Yeah,
1: Did you just
2: say fun. brown out for the yeah, same I'm hours.
1: Yeah, for the same like the same like oh. duration of hours. That's a nice.
2: That's pretty good saying.
1: I oh. brought I, at some point I had my for 40th birthday party uh, last Saturday and there's about like two and a half hour gap where I was like pretty fuzzy and I realized that I was spending too much time going up and down to the basement and like doing shots of bourbon. And I was Like I'll just cut that out cut that out. Go <laughs> back to the Coors Light and Seltzers, and we're fine. And I, you were I, good? I woke, I woke right back up at like 9.30. <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: what you are going to say, like midnight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Probably something you don't want
0: six to 6 to 9.30 brownout. Yeah. Probably don't want to awesome, say man.
2: that in jail, though. I can brown <laughs> out for 24 hours. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, yeah, a, a, that's a whole different meaning. That's a no-no. That's a,
0: yeah. It's a whole nother yeah. podcast, too. So we're going to wrap a, this podcast up. Br- we're uh We're not going to talk about that anymore. So cheers to you guys, the listeners. Uh, join us on the next time. Um, we look forward to that ha- when it happens. And uh, peace. Love you. Later. First of all, we'd like to thank our listeners, our families, and friends that support us. We couldn't do this without you. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Spotify. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Tell your friends about us. Big thanks to our producer, Johnny, in the Underground Studio. Also, shout out to Johnny Perona and Davenport Ed. That's the rocking music you're hearing in the background. Thanks again, and we look forward to the next cocktail with you. what
2: Would you yeah. say you never had earlier? Oh yeah, the plantains, uh, For real? Yeah, yeah, never had before. It's, it's
3: you get a picture <laughs> of uh... <laughs>